Well, I want to welcome all of our campuses to week two of our series entitled Vision, Awakening God's Purpose in Our Lives. Come on, can we just welcome those that are joining us right now? So excited to have every single one of you with us. We are in a short series, four weeks long, where I'm teaching on vision and the power of vision, how we receive a vision from God, how we walk in a vision. I do want to say, uh, I'm very excited about the month of May. Uh, I'm going to be teaching a series on the Holy Spirit. Why do I do that in May? I do that because in the church calendar, uh, again, the day of Pentecost, Pentecost, Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit was poured out, it's 50. The word penta means five. It's 50 days after Passover. So Good Friday, count out 50 days, that's Pentecost. So the season of Pentecost is in May, uh, and I like to teach on the Holy Spirit during that time. You don't want to miss that. I want to talk to you today as we continue our series on vision. Now, I want a couple terms I want to share with you that are analogous. I'm going to use will of God, purpose of God, plan of God, dream of God, and vision of God. All five of those I'm going to use analogous through this series because the Bible does. The Bible talks about the dream. The Bible talks about visions. The Bible talks about, matter of fact, the Bible puts dreams and visions together. Dream, vision, will. So when I say that God has a dream for your life, God has a vision for your life, I'm really saying God has a plan for your life. God has a purpose for your life. All of those terms are used in analogous fashion. Again, recapping from last week, a definition of vision. Let me give you a definition of vision. Here it is. An internal picture, an inner picture of a preferable future. What is vision? It's not just mental. For the Christian, we are more than just a mind. Matter of fact, everybody is. We are a spirit. Everybody say spirit. That's a heart in the Bible. Your spirit, soul, your mind, will, and emotions, and then your body. So for the Christian specifically, because our spirit is alive to God, vision for us is an internal picture of a preferable future. It's mental, but it's more than mental. It's also on our heart. God, the Holy Spirit, breathes it into our lives. I want to say that in my life, prior to having a clear vision and purpose for my life where I really saw it, I'm telling you, there was a, a couple years of frustration. You show me a Christian that doesn't know God's vision for their life, and I'll show you a Christian that's frustrated. Again, going to heaven. They, they know they're going to heaven. Their name is written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. That's amazing. That's awesome. But there's this internal frustration. Why is that? Because show me somebody that has a clear purpose, a clear vision for their life. I'll show you somebody that's excited about the day. They understand that they're called to accomplish something, to do something, to become something, to possess something, to achieve something. That they know that God put in their heart. So this is not a side issue. This is not on the edges of some peripheral, tangential issue to the Christian walk. No, no. This is center stage when we give our hearts to Christ. God wants to breathe his vision into our lives. One of the questions that I often have when I talk about this, all right, pastor, I'm in. I got it. I see that I need to have God's dream and God's vision for my life. But how do I know the difference between a God vision 
and just a man-made vision. How do I know if it's God's dream in my heart, something that I'm carrying on the inside is from God, or it's just something that I would like for it to happen, but I don't really think it's been birthed from God. Now, I'm going to give you five quick points, and then I'm actually, so I'm, I'm giving you something. In Bible school, they tell you to not do this, but I wanted to give it. I'm actually going to give you a little mini message, and then the message, don't tell my homiletics professor, can I have a yes, pastor? I'm doing it because I really needed to add this last week, but I ran out of time. So let me give you five things to discern the difference between a man-made and a God vision. Here they are. Then I'm going to get into the meat of today's message. Number one, and I'm going to give them to you quickly. And these are on your notes. I didn't put fill in the blanks. I just want you to write these down, and you can revisit them later. How do you know? I'm answering the question. I'm giving you a template to discern the difference between a man-made vision and a God-ordained vision in our hearts. Number one. By the way, uh, yeah, let me give you number one. If God's a God-given, I got a lot to say. If a God-given vision begins with God's priorities and purposes. A God-given vision begins with God's priorities. Again, it's birthed from the heart of God, placed in your heart. All right? Proverbs chapter 16 says it this way. Many are the plans in the man's heart. There's lots of things that are on the inside of people, but it's the Lord's what? Say it. Again, it's the Lord's vision. It's the Lord's purpose. It's the Lord's dream. That's what prevails, all right? So there is a difference between a man-made vision and a God-ordained vision. Number two, a God-given vision will mirror your core strengths and passions. So in other words, how God's designed you is connected to God's dream for you. How God designed you, it's connected. God designed you with a certain capacity because it's aligned with his purpose for your life. That's important. We don't want to, watch this, we don't want to fight against God's design. Now, we can all grow in our capacity to carry our design, but we all have a design. We all have core strengths. We all have something on the inside of us that God has uniquely designed us. I am different than you, and you are different from me, and we are different from one another. Number three, a God-given vision always includes others. It always includes others. I wrote a vision from God always involves partnering with and blessing others. When God called Abram, let me get real practical. I I know this is church. I'm not going to step over the line. But very practical, when God called Abram and put his dream into his life, I've called you to be a father, the patriarch, to the Jewish race. Guess what? It included someone else. God called Abram to be something, but he had to have Sarah's participation, and he needed other people involved in walking that out. Why is that important? If God has truly given you a dream, you can't accomplish it without help. It's a God dream. Everybody say God dream. Number four, a God-given vision always is bigger than us. It's always bigger than us. If you're like, man, I got this, that's not how it works with God. If you've, quote, got this, that's a good thing, but a God thing is, whoa, this is big. Listen, if the dream in your heart doesn't scare you, it's probably not from God. Because if it's from God, the weight of that is so big, it actually pushes you down on your knees where you actually need God's help to accomplish God's dream. You're like, God, if you don't show up, it's not going to happen. That's a good thing. So it's not, I got this, it's, I need God to do this. 
I need God. I think about Church of the King. I think about all the things that God's called us to do as a church. And how many times when we've hit different roadblocks and things, whether it's building buildings or starting ministries or opening campuses, and, and, and there's been times in our lives it's like, wow, God, if you don't, if you don't show up, let me give you an example. Our Metairie campus right now, our South Shore that's joining us live. Last weekend, we had over 1,000 people, 1,013 people. Listen, this is important. There's only 250 chairs in the sanctuary. The 1130 service had 380 people. Figure that one out. Now, I know they have children, but they had 50 people in the floor. How many you know? Listen, so we're scratching our head going, so we've been looking for a building, a permanent location. We're like, God, we need you to show up. Lord, help us, oh God. So it's a God vision. Listen, what is the vision of Church of the King? Reaching people. Everybody say reaching people. Say building lives. So we know that God's not like, well, that's a thousand, that's it. No, God wants us to reach thousands and thousands of people with the glorious gospel of Christ. Come on, are y'all with me? So we need a box to continue to do that, a bigger box. So it's something bigger than us. Even the St. Charles campus, we've been believing God for. And we're starting that renovation, and we're believing God, and we're trying to pay as much per cash as we go. And we know that 1,200-seat auditorium, there's thousands and thousands of people around that. We need God's help to accomplish God's dream, whether on a collective level or on an individual level. Let me give the last and final one, and then I'm going to start my message. Anyway, here we go. A God-given vision has eternal value. Your vision, my vision, should go far beyond our life here on earth and a packed eternity. Whatever God's called. Well, pastor, you're a pastor. That's easy for you. I'm a business person. Time out. If you have a business, a God-ordained business, again, you don't have to preach to everybody. They ought to know that you're a Christian, though. They ought to know that you're a follower of Christ, and they ought to see biblical principles throughout, and people ought to have a voluntary access to be able to get more from you if you would like. In other words, they ought to see that you're leading a God-ordained business. There's something different about your business. You're employing people. You're making an impact. You're giving back to the community. You're, you're, you're living out biblical values. That's a God-given vision. So now we have, Pastor, in our heart, watch this. Okay, so I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it. I'm understanding that there is a God-given vision and a God-given dream. And, and by the way, God's plan for your life is always better than your plan for your life. It's always more rewarding than your plan for your life. It's always more fulfilling. So I've got it, Pastor. This is a God dream. So how do I accomplish it? Now, it's one thing to receive God's dream. It's one thing to have God's vision. It's another thing to take a step into it. And I want to talk to you about something today that's so practical. It's in the Bible. So very practical. I want to talk to you about how to take steps towards fulfilling the God vision in your life. I want to talk to you about the power of focusing with intentionality the decisions you're making the steps that you're taking so that you can sharpen your focus. Here's the point. There are those that don't have a dream from God, and there are those that have a dream from God, but they don't have practical steps towards a direction of fulfilling it. How do you do that? I want to talk to you today about how to take those steps. I want to talk to you today about the power of goals. Everybody say goals. What are goals? It's in the Bible. Again, if you weren't here last week, I want to say this. I want to say this for all the campuses. If you walked in here and you're a guest, they say, oh, pastor, you know, I've been, to, 
I've been to secular seminars where the proctor, you know, the, the lady or the man that's teaching that, you know, this sounds so familiar. Just remember this. I want to say this respectfully. Any person that's teaching a goal-setting seminar, whether they give God credit or not, whether they give Scripture credit or not, it's actually originated in the Bible. It's in the Bible. What is goals? What are goals? Plural. What are goals? Here they are. My definition. Goals are the stair steps to the fulfillment of your vision. It's not the vision, but it's the steps that you take. It's something that's before you. It helps to, 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 to cause, an, it causes an intentionality where you live on purpose, with a purpose. It's in the Bible, Jeremiah chapter 31. I talk about goals are the steps, the ladder. What is the context here? The children of Israel are in captivity. You find in the book of Daniel, when, 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 the, when, when, when uh, the Israelites went into captivity for 70 years. And then they're released from captivity and in waves. And many, many went back to Israel. Many, many went back to Jerusalem. Many, many, not all, but many, many went back from Babylon. And they started going back. And God said something unique. On your journey back, I want you to do this. Now remember this. He led the children of Israel out of Egypt with a fire by day, a fire by night, and a cloud by day. A cloud by day leading them. Where's the cloud? Oh, there it is. All right, let's move forward. God can do that if he wants. He can do anything he wants. But he also puts in his word the power of identifiable goals. Set up signposts, make landmarks, and set your heart toward the highway. Where are they going? Back home. There's something about goals. Why is that important? For you and those that are following behind you, by the way, when you set goals, God ordained goals, it not only impacts your life, but it impacts the people around you. It impacts the people that are coming behind you. It impacts the people that you are, quote, leading. Here's what he said. Set up signposts, make landmarks, set your heart toward the highway. They're on a highway back home. There's an intentionality attached to this. By the way, a dream, a vision in your heart without goals is just a wish. I hope it happens. But there's no intentionality. The problem is once you write goals down, once you, and I'm going to get to that in just a moment, once you begin to write that down, there's a certain level of accountability attached. Why are some reasons why people don't have goals? Let me give you a couple. Number one, sometimes people don't believe it's for them. Well, that's for the leaders. That's for people that run things. That's for you, pastor, because, I mean, after all, I mean, or, or that's for that person. But me, I'm just whatever. Just no, 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 no. We need to have personal goals, and we need to have professional goals. But you need to have goals. It's not just for, quote, an elite group of people that are high achievers in culture. That's not true. <clears throat> sometimes people don't know how to do it. Remember this. Why is it that some people don't accomplish things? Sometimes it's a lack of desire, a lack of will. <clears throat> sometimes it's a lack of knowledge. Sometimes it's will-how. Sometimes it's know-how. So maybe it's you just don't, Pastor, I just, I mean, I love Jesus. I know I'm going to heaven. But anything that even looked like that, I just felt like that's so worldly and I don't want to do it. No, it's actually biblical. Sometimes people don't do it. Hey, here it is. Sometimes people don't write down goals is because they don't want to pay the price to get a dream from God or they don't want to be held accountable because they fear they may fail. 
Oh, gosh, if I write it down, I mean, Pastor, I mean, I wrote down a faith goal one time. I was going to read the Bible through in a year. And, Pastor, I got to Easter, and I was like on Genesis chapter 10. And, Pastor, it made me feel so bad about myself. I didn't want to do that again. Oh, and then you just did a prayer series, and I tried to do the prayer thing, and I woke up in the morning, and I, and I knelt down, and I put my head on the bed. Mistake. But anyway, so, and I'm not doing that again, so I'm never going there again, Pastor. And I was going to save one year, and, and I was going to tithe 10%, and I was going to save 10%, and boy, it didn't work. And so every time I go buy that little book where those goals are, and I used to have them on my windshield or, or my mirror in the bathroom, and now I've taken them down because it just makes me feel bad. can't get away from something that God designed in Scripture. He designed it in Scripture. I'm going to show you. Sometimes we fear failure. A Harvard study from 1979 looked at the NBA graduates. They had some NBA graduates that, masters in business administration that were related to goal setting. Now watch this. Prior to graduation, it was determined that 84% of the entire class had no goals at all. Interesting. 13% of the class had written goals, but had no concrete plans attached to it. I'm going to talk about that. 3% of the class had both written goals and concrete plans. Watch this, the results. Ten years later, the 13% of the class that had written goals but had not created plans were making twice as much money as the 84% of the class that had no set goals at all. However... The kicker is the 3% of the class that had both written goals and a plan were making 10 times as much as the rest of the 97%. Why is this so important? It's related to focus. Let me give you an example. If today, after church, you said, you know what, I'm going to, I've used this analogy before, but God has, please listen, God has designed you neurologically to focus towards a goal. That's how you're designed in your body, your, your, your mind. And, and neuroscience is, is now, and all of you in the medical profession, you, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You, you have and I have in our brain what's called neuro, neurological pathways and groove structures in our, in our brain. And we were designed by God to focus. And when we focus neurologically, it creates what's called an emotional constriction and a, phil, a, a, a physiological focus. Let me give you an example. After church, if you decided, I want to buy a Toyota Camry. I'm going to buy a Toyota Camry. That's what I'm going to get. On the way from here to the dealership, you would see Toyota Camrys everywhere. You'd be so distracted and mad because you feel like you've lost your uniqueness that you'd be considered, why? Why, why is it all? By the way, they were there prior to your decision. The difference is you are now focusing on that, and it's popping up everywhere. Does that make sense? The moment you focus on that, you were designed by God that way. So, pastor, what are we talking about? We're in a series on vision. We now understand there's a difference between a man-made vision and a God vision. We want to pray, have intimacy with God. God speaks to us, and God clarifies things, and we bring it through a grid structure. This is from God. This is an intentionality from God. I know God's called me to do this. I know God's called me to have this. I know God's called me to achieve this. This is a God dream for my family, for my business. This is a God thing. A goal is a stair step to accomplishing that. Let me give you three things then how to write down goals, how to, how to, how to establish goals, and I'm going to show you from the Bible. Number one, here we go. 
Put your goals in writing. Put them in writing. Pastor, is this biblical? It sure is. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2. By the way, <clears throat> educational people will, will tell you this. The power of taking notes. The power of I know that there's a very small select group of people that are what's called auditory learners. Very small group. They listen to things and don't take notes. But that is a very small minority. The majority of people, what they have is they have an inscription and a relationship between what they write down and their memory bank. And educational people tell you this. If you take notes, crumple it up afterwards, and never look at it again, you'll still have greater recall of it coming back based upon the fact that you interacted with it. Does that make sense? Very important. Okay, where is that in the Bible? Habakkuk chapter 2, 2. Write the what? Say it. There it is. I've got a dream from God. Pastor, it's, 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 it's a God dream. Awesome. High five. Boom. Where is it written down? Uh, it's in my spirit. Awesome. You need to write it down. Okay, I will. Write the vision. Everybody say write it. Write the vision and make it what? Plain on tablets. That he may run who what? Say it. So number one, it's one thing to write it down. It's another thing to review what's been written down. So it's not just writing it down. The accountability comes in when you review your goals, when you look at your goals, and you, you evaluate, okay, this is, okay, this is, this is from God, and I'm, mo I'm moving towards this. Now, I want to show you something uh, that I have, uh, and it's called a life plan that I've been working off of for seven years, uh, just the template. And you can, you, can go you can Google, Michael Hyatt does a life planning exercise, you can download it. And uh, so what is a life plan? A life plan is something that has accounts in my life, and then I have goals attached to those. And this is something that I interface with. I have it both on a computer, and I have it both in hard copy. I'm a little old school. I actually still use yellow tablets. Would anybody in the house of God be honest enough to say they still use yellow tablets? Come on. Listen, we rebel against a full sale giving ourselves into technology. There's something about the power of that yellow tablet. Amen, all you younger people. We don't care what you think. But anyway, so I really don't. Power in that yellow tablet. <laughs> so, so, so I've got it on. I, I've got all this down on my computer. I can pull it up on my own iPhone, so I'm cool. But I also have it written down because it helps me. All right, here we go on a hard copy. By the way, by the way, our lead team. Our lead team, the group of men that run the church, all right, we have our, our lead team, we have, we have personal goals and professional goals that we discuss. In December, we all write them down. We all talk about our personal goals and professional goals that we believe that God's given us. Again, remember, I don't have time to preach last week's message, but that we believe that God's put on our heart, all right? That was originating from God. This all springs out of a relationship with Christ. Right? So we, we have our lead team has personal goals. So we, express, we talk about, then we, we actually talk about, we have, a, we have a, a, a thing that we have a computer program that we work with our team where we talk about them having personal goals and professional goals. We encourage them to set personal goals, but we hold them accountable for their professional goals. Does that make sense? Very, 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 very important. All right? 
By the way, I'm going to give you just one little thing here. Uh, Nozbe app, N-O-Z-B-E app. It's an app, uh, very important. Michael Hyatt, who is the former CEO of Thomas Nelson Publisher, he uses it. It's a productivity grid. It helps you uh, with this. Here, here's what he said. Achieving goals takes more than intention. You need to take action and track your progress. You know as well as I do the scariest thing in the world in the bathroom. It's your scale. You have a goal, I'm going to work, you know, a physical fitness goal, and you walk by that thing, that thing snarls at you. Come on, how many know I'm talking about? It actually said to me one time, I dare you. What is that? It is. Here's what it is. It is accountability. Ability. That's what it is. Staring right at me. I cursed it one time. I just said, I curse you. I, I mean, I, did, I just was so mad at it because it was intimidating me. I didn't say a curse word. I just spoke just harsh things over it. It hurt its feelings. <laughs> All right, everybody say, write down your goals. I'm just going to give you three things, and this is it. Write down your goals. Number two. Set your goals in the context of time. If you don't set them in the context of time, your goal can be, I have a goal too. When are you going to accomplish that? In 30 years. There are some 30-year goals, but you better have some daily, weekly, and monthly goals as well. You better have some take action step goals. Are you all with me? This is important, by the way. The Bible, listen, there, there is, this is, I'm going to give you a concept. I want to give everybody a concept, all right? In God's sovereignty, we also have personal responsibility. In God's sovereignty, we believe that God is the ruler of the universe, and he's the ruler and all that. But we also, he has given us, we're made in the image of God. We also have what's called personal responsibility, and we need to, we need to be beholden to the fact that there's inherent with that personal accountability. So that's important. Psalms chapter 90 says it this way in the context of time. So teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. I believe that God knows our days. Absolutely. Some days are long. So some, God knows exactly the number. But what we do within that is our responsibility to maximize it. Does that make sense? So important that we are. So God says, teach us it. So in other words, what does it mean to number our days? That means that we're intentional about our days. That, that means that, that, that we live with a focus. We live with a vision orientation. And there's goals attached that we maximize our days. God knows the number of our days, but we need to maximize our days. So that we don't miss out on anything. I want to talk to you about immediate goals. I'm almost finished. Please stay with me. Immediate goals. What are immediate goals? Daily, weekly. Daily, weekly goals. Again, this goes beyond just having a daily to-do list. There's goals attached. Again, I don't have time to get into all that. But, but number two, short-term goals. One month to three months. One month to three months. Those are almost like quarterly goals. Long-range goals. Anything above that, and it could stretch out as long as you want. Retirement goal, as, strong, as long as you want. But we need immediate, short-term, and long-term. And we should have... We should have goals in each one of these categories. All right, let me give you this last and final thing, and I'll close. We need to set different goals for different areas of our lives. By the way, we believe that God, listen to me, God cares about every part of our lives. He cares about, he cares, the Bible talks about if, the, if he cares for the sparrow, how much more every hair that was on our head used to be on our head or whatever. <laughs> God cares. God cares about your personal life. He cares about your professional life. He cares about every part of our lives. 
all right? I want to talk to you about this before I close. I want to talk to you, and I want to encourage you to set different goals in different areas of your life. By the way, because God has a vision for your life, I believe an ultimate primary vision, but there is clarity that he brings in these different areas in our lives that he wants us to ex- excel and to achieve. Let me give you a scripture, Proverbs chapter 16, verse 3. Commit your... Commit to the Lord whatever you do, whatever you do. So this, all of this is in the context of prayer and spending time with God and putting God first in our lives, seeking first the kingdom of God. So we, we have this before. Remember, for the Christian, we don't start with what we want. We start with what God wants, not my will, but what God wills. So that's how we start. But once we know what God wants, then we have responsibility attached to that. I'm not going to let you off the hook. The Bible doesn't let us off the hook. Well, whatever God wants. No, once you know what God wants, then we enter into a partnership with God. Does that make sense? We have a partnership. We have a responsibility attached to that. So I'm going to commit to the Lord whatever I do, and he will establish my plans. He will establish it. So every day, Lord, I come before the Lord. I don't get saved every day, but I'm surrendering every day. God, I lay these plans out. Lord, if there's any clarification, if anything you want me to adjust or change, Lord, I lay this behind you. That doesn't mean that I undermine the process of goals, but I'm clarifying as I go. Let me give you some areas that I think that every single one of us should have. There's more than these areas, but let me give you some areas that I believe are non-negotiables. We're talking about, in this series, God has given us vision in our hearts. What is vision? An internal picture of a preferable future. What are we talking about today? Goals. What are goals? Stair steps that we take as we're fulfilling the vision, the dream, the plans that God has put in our heart. And now we're talking about What do we do with goals? We write them down, we set them in the context of time, and now we have them for different areas of our lives. Let's talk about, let me give you some areas that I think are non-negotiables. Number one, faith goals. Faith goals. What do I mean by that? Growing in our relationship with Christ. That should be on the top. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. For example, some of you may say this. I want to read the Bible. I want to read the Bible you know, X amount of minutes a day. For By the way, a recent study and a friend of mine, I gosh, I got Phil Cook, who's a friend of mine. His wife just wrote a book. It's coming out. I'm going to get it. Uh, and, and here's what she said in the book. She did, they, they did study, research study in the lives of Christians, all different denominations, all different backgrounds, all different age groups and cla- classifications of, of some people that are students, some are in the professional. And here's what they found. Here's what they found. The single greatest component to behavioral change is when a Christian interacts with the Bible four days a week, at least four days a week. Now, just think about that for a moment. You and I eat three meals a day, all right? If this is your, I say this respectfully, if this is your only meal from the Bible a week, you're probably a little spiritually malnourished. Now, this is a good meal, I want to add, but uh, just thought I'd throw it out there, <laughs> okay? Uh, you know, it's, but, it's, but anyway, I'm sorry. I got I to go on. But four days a week. So here's what I would say to you. Here's what I would say to you. You need a faith goal of 
How many days a week are you going to interact with Scripture? Maybe it's prayer time. Don't start with an hour a day. Start with five minutes a day. If you say, I'm going to pray five minutes. I'm not talking about it's your meal. That's good, you know. I'm not talking about it at nighttime. Lay, lay me down to sleep. I'm talking about five minutes or ten minutes a day of intentional prayer time, sitting before God, talking to God, hearing from God. I just did a prayer series. My heavens, if you'll just take the prayer card, and we still have it online, the Lord's Prayer. Church of the King, just go there. You can just read that prayer card and stop and pause. That'll take you 12 minutes. Do that four days a week. That, read your Bible, 10 or 15. I'm telling you, and you just, all of a sudden, there's just, there's just, there's just, you just start to see forward progress. It's like working out. You can't work out one day a week. You'll be sore every week. That's like going to hell a little bit, just to be honest. Hell's way worse, but, but it's, it's, you can't do that. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that. But anyway, faith. Everybody say faith goals. For some of you, it may be starting or being, being part of a small group. Maybe this is your year. That you're, listen, here's the content. Christianity in the New Testament is private, but let me, let me tell you, it's personal, but it's never been private. Walking out in the context of community with other brothers and sisters in Christ. So faith goals, starting a Bible study, being in a Bible study, reading your Bible, pray. Maybe it's sharing your faith with one person per week. Remember, it's not our responsibility for them to be transformed. It's our responsibility to share the gospel. God's the transformer, but maybe it's one day, one time a week I'm going to share my faith. All right, so those are faith goals. Let me continue on. Family and friends goals. Family and friends goals. Every one of us should have relational goals. I put these together, again, however, however you want to do that. And by the way, all of this, all of this is in my life plan. All of this is in my life plan. So I've got my faith goal, my faith account, and then I've got goals attached to that. What are the goals? Pray, pray, uh, uh, read my Bible 30 minutes a day, pray a certain time a day, uh, uh, two times a year, do some things, 21-day fast, read inspirational. So all that's here. So, so here's my spouse account, my spouse account. My wife is in here. I must be accountable. 30 minutes of uninterrupted talking each day. I'm getting better. Here's another one. Weekly lunch date. How am I doing on that? Every Monday, I take my wife. We go to, we go to lunch. By the way, if you don't have it written down, it's not going to happen. It's accountability. Let me tell you, it's accountability. It's accountability with yourself, and it's accountability with your spouse. You know what I'm saying? It's accountability. So you've got you you've got that. I've got one for my children. I've got one. So these are fa- these 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 are family and friends goals, right? So everybody say faith, say family, friends. Let me give you another one. Fitness goals. You need fitness goals. We we have a responsibility to take care of our earth suit. We do. I've got a particular goal. I, 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 four, five days a week, I work out and run, I run. I run five days, but I work out weights three days. Let me just tell you why I do that. I like to eat. I'm serious. You'd be shocked. I eat a lot. I do, and I just I and I try to eat a little bit better. And I'll be glad when my teenage boys are out of the house. All that junk, but in the sense that it's just you know, it's because I just you know I get stressed. I'm like, where's those barbecue chips? <laughs> So, so I've got to work out. I've got to take care of my body. By the way, physiologically, when you physiolog- when you work out, there's serotonin, all these cool neurotransmitters, all these cool things happening in your brain. You ever heard of runner's high? That is a true high. It comes from a, 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 a secreting of chemicals in your brain. 
all right? So financial goals. We need also financial goals. What do you mean financial goals? Can you pull up the next one? Not just what you're going to make, but how much what you're going to give. How about what you're going to save? How much you're going to pay your house off or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's not a financial seminar, but you need financial goals. And they need to be written down. I have financial goals written down on my life plan. Things I want to save, things I want to give, things I want to do. All right? So, so, so there's faith, family, friends, fitness, finance, financial. Okay. Now, I want to do one last section, 30 seconds, professional goals. It's going to actually take two minutes. Everybody say personal. Say professional. Now, I'm going to push you a little bit. This is church. Question, does God care about your professional development? Yes or no? The answer is yes. Yes, he does. God has put gifts, talents, and abilities in your life. Yes, to be employed, making a difference in people's lives spiritually through in and through church, but also professionally. Professionally. Look in the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament. God had kings and prophets yet, but he had, well, he had different people that artisans and craftsmen. Think of all those people that built the temple. And, I'm just amazing. The Bible talks about gifts, talents, and abilities. Let me tell you, we ought to have professional goals. And I want to just free you, free you, because there are some people think it's unspiritual to have professional goals. Well, it's only about going to heaven. Heaven is our home, but it's not our goal. Our goal is becoming the person that God's created us to be on the earth, doing what God's called us to do. That's our home. Our goal is maximizing who we are as God ordained God and people that, that are children of God. That, that, that's, that's what God's called us to do. Listen to me closely. When we put professional goals down, and it's important, I believe that God wants us to achieve. And by the way, that it's not just financial. Financial is inclusive to that. But it's also to develop people, to develop people in my leadership team. It's to make a difference in people's lives. It's all of those things. It's all of those things professionally. It's right. It's commendable. You know, I have four children. My heart swells like your heart swells when you, when you know that your children are doing well. Isn't that right? Don't try to act super spiritual. If you're watching a ball game and your kid scores a touchdown or a bucket or does something or hits it over the net or whatever the thing is or does the ballet thing, I'm sorry. And so your heart gets excited. You're like, that's awesome. It should. What do you think God's heart does when we achieve? You think God's heart swells? Of course it swells. The Bible says he takes pleasure in his children moving forward. Yes. So we need personal and professional goals. That's commendable. Make sure it's to honor God, to advance his kingdom, to become everything that God's called you to be as a businesswoman, a businessman, whatever it is that God's called you to do. I believe this with all of my heart, that God's vision, when you, when you start walking in it, you start burning them, burning in your heart, then you have goals attached to it. You write them down. They're time-tested. Different areas of your life. You put them in some sort of a format where you review them daily, weekly, monthly, yearly. I believe that you'll wake up and you're like, my gosh, it's amazing the progress I've made. I've honored God. I've become what God's called me. I'm doing what God's called me. It is possible if we do it God's way. Come on, y'all receive that word today? Let's stand.